Hello? Samantha? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. How's your day going? Oh, it's been a busy day, but yeah. it's been good. Yeah, we had, I just went and saw um, Iliad Kipchoga. He beat oh, yeah. the, yeah, under two. And so he came and spoke for a little bit. So no that way. was pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like big news right now too. Yeah. Yeah, they brought it. It was funny. They told us, oh, he's going to be there at 1.30. And then we were like waiting out there for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I bet they're going to try to bring him out at 159. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> no way. Because that was his time as 159.40. So that's, ah, that's Nike for you. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Nike. Hi, I'm your host, Jake Tucker. And this is Careers in Marketing, a Gonzaga podcast. Today, we will be chatting with Samantha Chin, a 2014 Gonzaga Business School grad. Samantha currently works at Nike headquarters in Beaverton, Oregon, but more on that later. In this podcast, Samantha dives into what her role looks like being a part of the Nike team, as well as how she got her foot in the door at such a competitive company. Samantha's career journey hasn't been exactly what she would have expected, But with her Gonzaga background, she was prepared to handle all the ups and downs that come with finding your first job out of college. But I don't want to spoil everything, so let's get right into our interview with Samantha. All right, so let's just hop right into it. Um, So Samantha, what does your day-to-day job look like at Nike right now? So day-to-day, I'm in Asia, Pacific, Latin America, merchandising operations, so definitely a mouthful. Um, But basically, I manage all of our product SKU information in the system for Asia, Pacific, Latin America territories. Um, And so specifically, I cover Japan as a territory, and I cover the global football category, um, which is soccer. Um, (laughs) I feel like I should translate that. And so a lot of our work is spent like in meetings during the day with our merchants, um, but mostly over email, um, especially working with Japan. Mm -hmm. I wake up and my inbox is full, but I don't really get a whole lot back during the day because they're sleeping. Right, the Um, time change. Yeah. Yeah. So most of my work is, I would say, like through email, um, but with category, it's definitely like in person or in passing. Gotcha. We just want to dive deeper into what it takes to kind of set yourself up to be hired by Nike or what you did to set yourself up to be hired by Nike. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely super competitive, like a lot of things. So Mm. I think just making sure like it's exactly where you want to be and that you've like done your homework. So you've talked to people that work at Nike and just made sure that's the place you want to be. Um, But I'd say the most helpful thing that someone told me once that someone told her Uh (laughs) um, was that like if you want to work at Nike you'll work at Nike it's just a matter of time so it's a lot of perseverance um, Mm -hmm. but also utilizing your network I think people sometimes don't know like especially as a college student it's hard to know like what does that mean exactly but essentially it just means like building a relationship so if you find someone that works in the company that you want to be at like nike Mm -hmm. um just continue to build that relationship with them don't just meet with them once for like 30 minutes or an hour 
and then expect them to advocate for you because a lot of times like it's gonna take a while for to like lay the groundwork and you never know like uh-huh. when something might pop up like in between when I met with people at Nike met with the managers was in February um, of my senior year at Gonzaga and then by the time I actually started working at Nike was at the end of August um, wow, okay. and so I mean that was I mean, I did other things in between, but still, it's like keeping up those relationships over like those months with the managers and just checking with them, seeing if anything was open or letting them know. So by the time I applied, even though it was like months and months after I had originally met them, Mm -hmm. like I was still on the radar and I still got an interview right away. Um, So just utilizing those people like in your network to build like a true relationship as opposed to just like meeting with a ton of people is really helpful and then just keeping at it because sometimes it takes a while. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, you've talked about kind of going deep, going deeper in like a handful of relationships instead of just Mm -hmm. like getting a bunch of superficial, like broad network, you know, because Mm -hmm. those people like obviously they won't, they won't really remember you, they won't advocate for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just, I guess it's worked really well for me. And also just my personality is I prefer like building those more lasting relationships. But even right. once you get into Nike or into companies, like, again, to get your next job or your next job, like you're still going to be utilizing your network. So the more people you have that are kind of like on your side or like on your team advocating for you, like those are going to be the people that help you get even your next job after that. Right. Once you get in. Being a part of an exciting company means you get some pretty cool benefits and perks not typically seen in many large companies. Samantha explains that while her whole day-to-day job may be a little repetitive, these benefits help keep the whole workplace environment fun and exciting. What are like some cool projects or things like outside of your day-to-day that go on around Nike and like that you've been a part of? The biggest like project that I've been a part of that's been really cool. Um, it was totally outside of my day-to-day when I was working in the golf department, Mm -hmm. um, but I got to work on the 2016 Rio Olympics. So I helped, um, shape the assortment of product that we shipped down there to outfit like our athletes and VIPs. Um, and then I got to help shape kind of, we call it like the athlete experience or athlete journey, um, once they were down there Mm -hmm. and, um, we rented out a golf course. And so I got to go down there for three weeks during the Olympics and give golf lessons to a bunch of our Olympic athletes from like all over the world. Um, So you got to give lessons to Olympians? Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's kind (laughs) of surreal. (laughs) Um, anywhere from, I mean, there was, you know, people from track and field out there and the U S men's basketball team came, the U S women's basketball team came. Um, we had, and then just like even eating lunch, it was definitely like a getaway for a lot of the athletes to kind of recharge, like in between competition or after competition. So even I'm a big soccer fan. So like the U S women's team, unfortunately exited early out of the Olympics that year. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) as a result, (laughs) like Alex Morgan, Ali Long, uh, Megan Rapino, like they all came. And so I got to help them out and interact with them. Um, And so just really cool experiences that I would never have gotten in my day job. 
right. but it was really cool. And then obviously just being in Brazil was amazing for the Olympics, wow. um, being in a big sport moment like that. So yeah, a lot of awesome. random cool perks that you get that might be unexpected. Um, so really fortunate to have that <laughs> one on my resume now. <laughs> when, you, uh, when you meet these athletes, is it like strictly professional or is it just like really casual? Um, it depends what setting. A lot of it is like pretty professional when they come and they do like a talk at Nike. So Uh especially like when I was working in golf, like, you know, when Tiger Woods came um, or pretty much all of our golfers came through or like Brooks Kepka, like after he won his first U.S. Open, Mm -hmm. um, those are a little more structured. It's like a QA, and a and yes, we get to like be in the room and everything. Um, but sometimes you'll get these more, I guess, like intimate moments with the athletes, like Andre Iguodala came to get fitted for clubs once and he went to Arizona, unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my cube mate was a huge Arizona fan and had all this paraphernalia, like all over his cube. And so Andre saw it and came by and unfortunately my coworker like had left his desk <laughs> Um, but I got to talk to him and like interact and tell him like what a big Arizona fan was. And he ended up like signing something for my friend, like on his desk and then, um, ended up leaving and my friend missed it and we still make fun of him to this day. (laughs) But you know, those are moments that are like a little more like casual and he was just walking along and saw my friend and decided to stop. Yeah. Yeah, really, really <laughs> tall guy. I could definitely see over our cube walls. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot. We had some pretty big golf clubs too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so cool things like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I said that. Um, if you remember, my sister works there, and she was like, yeah, she was walking by, and she saw, it was like Wednesday or something around lunch, and LeBron James was playing kickball. Oh yeah, yeah, he came for like a big kickball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was sweet. He <laughs> took his stretching like... very seriously. <laughs> That'd be the worst like pull muscle in like a kickball game. <laughs> oh, I know, right? So That's yeah, so fun. fun stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you guys get to do a bunch of like cool stuff, and it's like a really attractive company. It like mm-hmm. looks glamorous, but what a lot of people don't talk about is like what the reality really is like. Like, so what is like underneath the veil, what is Nike kind of like, or is it just everything that it's like cracked out to be like the most amazing company? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty great. Not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> but I mean, definitely with anything, I'd say the word that probably best describes it is like a grind. Like it's still, it's still work mm-hmm. and you're still expected to produce results and I, I work with high schoolers too, but I always tell them like, you know, the real world is a lot like school still. Like you still have to work on projects together and learn how to communicate Uh and get along. And then I think just being at like a big company too, you get those like layers of hierarchy. So things just kind of take longer. Um, you can't necessarily just make a decision and go all the time. You have to get all the approvals for it. Um, and so I think that's just part of like any business, but yeah. I would say that's like the unglamorous part of Nike that you see is like the actual work and the actual grind that we're doing like day in and day out and Uh kind of like the perks and the fun breaks that we get um, definitely help like make it all worth it. Um, But you definitely someday you just got to put your head down and deliver your results. (laughs) 
Getting your foot in the door at such big name competitive companies like Nike, Google, or Amazon might not always happen the way you might think. This was sure the case for Samantha. Samantha took an internship after college that, in a strange way, set her up perfectly to be hired at Nike. But as Samantha said before, if you really want to work at your dream company, you will. So we're going to rewind here. Before Nike, um, we saw that you had an internship at the Timbers, Portland Timbers. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what exactly did you do there? So for them, I ran their youth operations for the summer. So there was three other interns. Um, and so we directed all the camps all over Portland area. So, you know, anywhere from like 25 kids to like, I think my biggest camp was 130 kids. Um, wow. And then we also were in charge of all the coaches. So I'd have anywhere from like 10 to 12 coaches, like helping run the camp as well. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really fun experience, but also a lot of work, um, just like prepping for the camps each uh -huh. week. We are in charge of everything that went on. So like if kids got injured or checking them in and out for like safety wise, um, set up and tear down of everything there. And then, you know, dealing with everything ad hoc that came up. Like mm -hmm. if a Timbers player came during the middle of camp, like, running the time management of that or yeah if kids got injured or if there was a weather issue whether like too hot or too cold it was yeah. you know in the summer <laughs> um so yeah it was a lot of a lot of kids yeah. and a lot of organized or semi-organized chaos <laughs> yeah uh, how long Definitely. how long were you doing that uh so i did that for three months so i did it right after i graduated mm -hmm. i started like at the end of that month um and then ran through the summer and it was about 30, 35 hours a week um, that we would do that. And yeah. we spent some time at the stadium as well, like doing camps there. Or I traveled and I went to the beach and like we put on a camp there for kids. So um, it was quite a busy summer. And then, yeah, it was like four days after I finished that internship, I started Nike. So it's pretty quick turnaround. I had met with... Um, people at Nike the spring of my senior year. And so I just kind of kept up those connections, but it, it was kind of funny. One way it worked out was the director of the team I ended up joining at Nike, um, his building and where they worked, mm -hmm. uh, shared a parking lot with one of the sites that I ran a lot of camps at. And I didn't know it at the time, but he knew it because his kids were in sports and he actually came out and watched me a few times. Really? <laughs> like run these camps with just like chaos, 125 kids, 130 kids, like running around on the soccer field. And um, that's the, that was the leader of your current, uh, your current team? Uh, my, uh, the team I ended up getting hired on. Right. Like right out. And so that was kind of crazy, but he told me after and he's like, actually, that's one of the things I really liked about you. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to hire you, because even after that, he's like, I'd see you like packing up your car with all the soccer balls and the tent <laughs> and, you know, lost and found. And you'd still have like a smile on your face and you'd still be like talking to people. And he's like, that's the kind of person that I want, like on my team. Um, so little did I know it yeah. ended up, I guess, kind of being a job interview for Nike as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's like something that was completely unrelated to Nike, but in some strange way kind of 
might have helped you out get that job too which is kind of cool yeah and i think just being in sport obviously is like really important um to people that work at nike and so i think having that background Mm -hmm. also just helps solidify it because like you can say you're into sports and stuff but i mean that like you're in it when you work for for a sports team and a professional team so i think that definitely helped and still helps like have that on my resume too, even at Nike. And they're like, Oh, you worked for the Timbers. Like what's your experience in soccer? And uh-huh. you know, it automatically gives you like some credibility. So yeah. it definitely helped me there. So like with this internship, um, we're college seniors right now. And a lot of us are just like really stressed out about like, we need to find <laughs> a job we need to like, or else we're going to be like living under a bridge, you know, like we need to find, <laughs> We need to find like a super like prestigious (laughs) role. And like, I think a lot of us need to just take a step back and be like, listen, like we're 21, 22 years old. Like all these companies are still going to be there. And like, what, what is, uh, do you think people might be trying to like just rush into something that's like maybe high paying or in a cool city and not just like maybe pump the brakes for a couple months and just get an internship or two to just like feel out the real world? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because I feel like everyone has, like, a different journey that's going to work for them. Uh Um, I guess the biggest thing I would say is, like, knowing yourself is the most important part of that. Like, what do you want to prioritize? Like, if you've lived in the same city your whole life and you want to move somewhere else, like, yeah, maybe prioritize like the city that you want to live in but then also think about like the industry the company or like do you want to stay at one company for a while or do you want to get experience and then bounce to another one or do you know exactly what you want to do because I had a bunch of friends who um when I was studying finance or marketing they knew exactly what finance job they wanted or they knew like exactly what marketing job they want they were like I want to go into advertising or like I want to go into financial investments like okay probably like east coast for that right right where are you looking um so some people had like very specific ideas and i was not one of those Uh um and kind of the internship route for me was perfect because it kind of gave me time to figure out exactly what i wanted to do or I, i shouldn't say that but like exactly where i wanted to be i'd say Before her current career, Samantha was living the typical Gonzaga experience. When asked about her time at Gonzaga, Samantha said she could go on forever. From retreats, campus ministry, Mission Possible, and studying abroad, to playing almost every single intramural sport there is, Samantha was very involved with activities on and off campus. She also had a full schedule when it came to her academics. But Samantha says that even though she spread herself out pretty thin in college, it was all worth it in the long run. I guess I'd say overall, Gonzaga places and like the Jesuit education places a lot of emphasis on being a well-rounded person. Uh Um, And so that's why like we're all required, no matter what our major is, to take all these classes like freshman year, Um, like speech and history, philosophy, all that. English and I feel like that was a really important takeaway for me like coming out of Gonzaga was to keep that like well-rounded balance in my life Mm -hmm. of I just feel like it's really easy once you get in the working world to devote yourself to work 
Yeah. And to make that like your number one priority and to take up, I mean, it does take up most of your hours out of a week, honestly, but having that, just, just that balance of like, okay, but I still want to be involved in service. I still want to be involved in like intramurals and sports outside of work. Yeah. Um, I still want to place my emphasis on like family and traveling and like meeting up with my friends from Gonzaga that live like all over the U.S. now and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like it, Gonzaga helped me develop like a really good perspective on life and that it's not all just about like your formal academic education that you get, but it's about all these extra things that you're involved in. A lot of times students have a wide range of subjects they're majoring with to make sure they build a super resume or because they aren't sure about which field they really want to dive into. Samantha, as we know, was one of those students. So we asked her, which part of your degree was most valuable to you in your career? Mm, marketing. Marketing. Yeah, I, I think it's like maybe a creative take on it, but uh, one of my professors, uh, Professor Kerpus, um, I remember she had us do this exercise and we like got into small groups uh, one day and uh, we kind of like went around and told each other what we thought each other's strengths were and like uh-huh. where we could see each other in the business world. And then we worked on kind of like personal branding Um, which sounded really weird like at the time it didn't make like a whole lot of sense to me but then coming to Nike especially there's like a huge emphasis on like storytelling um, which is basically just a creative way of saying like marketing yourself or marketing something Um, so I think in whatever job you interview for you're marketing yourself, whatever your personal brand is. So yeah. if you don't have that kind of dialed in or figured out, it's it's really hard to like put yourself in the best light for a job. Yeah. Um, and then even when you get in Nike, like everything is about storytelling. It's all about how you tell your story to other people to get your next role. But also they'll say like, here's all this data on these different SKUs, like story, tell these numbers for me, like, why is this style down? Why is this one up? Why is this doing better in this territory versus this territory? So everything they call is like storytelling, but basically it's, it's marketing, whichever way you're looking at it. Right. Yeah. And like they say that like people don't remember, you know, facts and specifications like on a resume Mm -hmm. or whatever, but they remember a story. They remember like the, your story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And everyone's is unique. I think that was like a hard thing too. coming out of Gonzaga. I was like, I feel so generic. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't have any huge thing in my life that seems super different from everyone else. But then you start like writing down like what you were involved in at Gonzaga, what you did, like where you grew up, what sports you're involved in, like all that stuff comes into play. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, I have like way more to talk about. How do I condense this down to like three minutes (laughs) we wanted to get to know samantha better but with limited amount of time we had on the phone we had to get a little more creative with how we asked our questions so we're gonna do a speed round of questions so just like reply back like one or two sentences or even like a couple words um and we'll just like rattle these off here. Oh gosh, oh okay. I'm bad okay. at thinking fast, so we'll see. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I'll, try, I'll try and be fast. Just be like, hurry up, give us an answer. I'm not I'm not like, trying okay. to do any like trick questions, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. 
Who's the coolest person you've seen at Nike's campus? Ah, uh, that's a really hard one. <laughs> uh, uh, probably Tobin Heath. She's super cool, and I'm a big fan of the way she plays. So awesome. she's probably the coolest person. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. Um, I would say like caring, intuitive, and driven. What is your favorite sport? Ooh, player watch or either. Uh, both. Probably basketball and soccer. Basketball, watch basketball. <laughs> yeah, watch soccer. basketball, play soccer. Okay, awesome. What is your dream job? Something where I get to like mentor other people and like lead a strategy. What was your favorite class or professor at Gonzaga? <laughs> oh, that's the funny one. <laughs> um, probably Peggy Sue because she's awesome. Um, and I really love her marketing promotions class. Um, describe Nike in three words. Hmm. Fun, innovative, inspiring. Love it. And final question. How do you define success? I would say success for me would just be, um, I guess having like a meaningful impact, whatever that looks like. So we're just about wrapping up here. Um, what is maybe something you wish you would have done differently like leading up to now at Nike? Mm, one thing that I kind of wish I would have done differently is focused more on myself, which sounds weird. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it's something that's really overrated. Like a lot of people focus on like the external and like looking at the company or looking at the industry, looking at the different roles, looking at the different experience you can get. But um I feel like that's kind of the mistake I made with myself because it made decisions like really hard for me of like yeah. which route to go. Like I was super indecisive and sometimes mm -hmm. I still get that way. Um, <laughs> indecisive about like what I want to do next and like where I think I should go or what I should do. But it all starts like internally. And so I wish I would have done more of those like, I don't know if you heard of like Enneagram or Strength Finder or Disc or Insights, um, any of those kinds of Is that like the personality tests? Test? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like personality, but also they, um, especially like Disc tells you or kind of like describes how you react in certain, certain situations. Um, yeah. And then if you pair it with like Strength Finders too, you can also figure out like how I can use these strengths like in a business setting. And so I wish I had done those like earlier or actually like taken a course or worked with somebody who knew kind of like how to apply those because I feel like indecision, especially like coming out of college is can be like kind of paralyzing sometimes. You're like, I have so many decisions to make. Like, I don't even know which direction to go. Um, and so if I had had like a sharper insight on myself, I think at that time it would have made those decisions a lot easier so like invest in yourself first yeah mm -hmm. and be yeah. like super clear on like your strengths mm -hmm. and your passions or some people say it as like energy givers energy takers I didn't hear that till I came to Nike but that makes a whole lot of sense of even like doing small little exercises like you can do it when you're in college too like in the back of a notebook or something just writing down 
things that like give you energy or that you're excited about. And then on the flip side, like things that take away your energy or things that drain you, things that you don't want to do so that when you are looking at potential job opportunities, you can use that list as like a filter through like, oh, this job sounds like really cool and sexy and it's for a great company and blah, blah, blah. But then you start looking at it and you're like, oh, shoot, that has a lot of like my energy takers, like that actual role there would probably end up draining me more than it would excite me. It's clear to see that there's a lot of wisdom that comes from experiencing the beginning of your professional career and that there are lessons to be learned from whatever your journey may look like, even if it's completely different than what you may have envisioned. However, if we use the tips Samantha shared with us on building deep relationships, marketing yourself, finding mentors, and being more self-aware, we can set ourselves up to be successful in any career path we decide to take. Today's episode was produced and edited by Eli Eigenbrot. Music courtesy of Music Box Licensing. Download other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.